Welcome to 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today we catch up with Northwestern coach Chris Collins and former star guard Brian McIntosh about that incredible NCAA tournament appearance back in 2017. All right, now pleased to welcome in two of the key figures from Northwestern's Cinderella run back in 2017. We'll start with uh, Brian McIntosh up there on the left and uh, Chris Collins, the head coach. And uh, guys, first of all, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, I was with you on Selection Sunday. I was with you, and it was it was one of the coolest experiences, honestly, of my career. I, I will say this to anybody. Um, we'll start with you, Brian. What was that like? Because obviously, for people that don't know, the, the drought was long. Uh, <laughs> you had never been in the NCAA tournament, one of five original teams that could say that. You knew you were in at that point, but still, that day – just had a feel to it that I've, I've never, I've really never, uh, you know, experienced before. Yeah, there was definitely some magic and being able to, to have people come and share that moment with us was awesome. And just the feeling of knowing we were in and then the anticipation being selected and, you know, the tournament had some great, uh, you know, drama to it by waiting and picking us last of the last eight, nine game. So uh, that was that was awesome. That was an awesome experience. That day was, you know, something I'll always remember. Chris, when you took over the job, like you knew, you knew the history. You're a Chicago guy. You knew it well. Uh, what was that season like for you overall? Kind of the buildup, knowing you had a team that might be able to get that monkey off your back. But as the season went on, having that success and feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, we, we knew we had a pretty good team. We had, we had, we had played pretty well the year before we had everybody coming back. Um, you know, we, we felt like we were going to have a team that was going to be competitive. We came out early in the year and played well, you know, we went up to New York, we beat a good Texas team. Um, you know, uh, we beat Dayton, you know, which was a good team, beat Georgia tech with John Collins, you know, which was a, which was a, uh, or I'm sorry, Wake Forest with John Collins, which uh, was an NCAA tournament team. So our, our resume was building. We got off to a seven and two start in the Big Ten, won six in a row, you know, had some really big wins. And then the night after beating Indiana to go seven and two, I get a call from our trainer that our second leading scorer, Scotty Lindsay, has mono. And so it was like typical, probably Northwestern, all the fans to the years was like, oh, here we go again. And without Scotty, you know, we, we went in a little bit of a drought. He was a key guy. We lost five out of seven, you know, so we went, you know, we went from, from seven and two to all of a sudden now we're nine and seven and we had two games left home against Michigan and home against Purdue, you know, which ended up winning the conference. And we kind of felt we were in good position, but we knew we needed probably one more game. And, you know, I, I tried to shy away from these guys. I tried to take it on myself, Jeff, where I didn't want these guys. It was unfair to them to have to bear the brunt of 80 years or the history of the ghosts of never winning. It, it wasn't they weren't the ones that had lost all those years. And I wanted them to stay in the moment. I wanted them to stay confident. And we kind of got down at the end and I felt the pressure was building. And, you know, really, we let the air out of the balloon. We talked about it. You know, we instead of shying away from it. We had a meeting and we said, hey, we got to win. Like, let's let's stop, like, avoiding the elephant in the room. We, we got to win one more game. We got to get this right. And we went out and had a great win against Michigan and kind of sealed it. And then, um, you know, obviously you talked about that day at the selection show. I've been a part of a lot of good moments. I've been really lucky in my life, you know, being a part of Duke, winning national championships, going to Final Fours, 
ACC tournaments, being a part of Coach K's staff at the Olympics and winning gold medals and all that. I can honestly say, Jeff, you know, that day and you were there, you know, seeing the joy on so many people's faces and so many years of struggle and, you know, to, to, to feel good about something that was, that was right up there with anything that's that I have ever been a part of. It's that time of the year again, folks, conference tournaments are tipping off bubble teams making their final push for a bid while the best teams in the country are gearing up for a deep run. Auto bids will be punched. Slippers will be fit. And our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, are putting my listeners at the center of the action. If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week, and that underdog wins, you win $256. That's right, $256. Here's how it works. Download the app now. Use that promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Again, FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of select underdogs. Bet $4 on them to win and cash out a whopping $256 when they do. There's no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge on display than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So remember, that's field, the code, field68. Again, field68 to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only, you must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brian, I want to know how much you partied after getting in. How, mu how much did you go out in Chicago those ensuing uh, nights? Uh, even, I, though, even though I, Coach probably told you you had a curfew. <laughs> no, I, I saved it. We, we all saved it uh, till after. Uh, we probably celebrated a little too much afterwards, but after the year was over. But the it's always funny, though, that we got beat by Wisconsin on Saturday, Selection Sunday. Obviously, the next day we flew back. When we got back, there's a, a Cheesy's bar. Like, it's a bar, but they sell, like, like cheat, like um, all this, like, greasy food and everything. So we, we go we go there, and we we – have a couple beers and as a team it was like a team event we flew back and we got up the next day and got selected so that's a always a fun memory and always a fun talking point with the team and I is, is that moment that night what what was it like Brian like throughout that run because again you guys took on kind of a life of your own like the country just embraced you guys and was rooting for you guys every single game and you obviously have a a, a fan base with some famous alums. A lot of them work at ESPN. So that helped, right? They were giving you more pub than anybody knew what to do with. But what, what was that whole deal like? Where, where did you feel the pressure, even though, like Chris said, he was trying to take it off you guys? Yeah, I think that's one of coaches like best moments he's had, like with that group is like, like he said, letting the air out of the balloon. That was one of the best decisions I think he made. It kind of took some of the pressure off of us and addressed the elephant, like he said. So, yeah, the, I mean, we became America's sweetheart, and then things kind of fell apart when um, Scotty had mono. So to to rally and pull us back together with that moment and talking about, you know, we just need one more and and pulling us together, I thought that was a, a critical moment. But the 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 attention that we gained from all the alums from just America overall through that whole year was just 
an experience that a lot of Northwestern athletes probably don't get to experience. Chris, the, the coolest moment or, or the craziest thing that came out of that was what? Like somebody reaching, I mean, again, you knew all the ESPN people, Will Bond, Mike Greenberg, Jay Adande. You obviously knew, um, you know, uh, 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 Julia Louise Dreyfus, because yeah, her yeah, son yeah. was on the team. But like, was there something that will always stand out to you through that run and maybe getting in? I think more than anything, Jeff, it was the moment we were in Salt Lake City, you know, in the first game we drew Vanderbilt. But at that site, um, you had some of the premier, you had you had Gonzaga, um, you know, you had St. Mary's, you had Arizona, you had Vandy. I mean, there there were a lot of like really traditional. And here we are from Chicago and we go all the way out to Salt Lake. And, you know, to me, the moment that always stands out was walking out on the floor before our Vanderbilt game. And just seeing all the purple, I mean, it was, it was like, it was, it was a real moment of like, man, we did it, you know, and just all those people you named, all those alums, all the, everybody came out, all the former players, I mean, everybody wanted to be there because it was such a historical day and, you know, just being in Salt Lake, it's kind of a smaller town, walking around, we won, so you're there a couple more days and just, Purple was every, I mean, we took over that place and it was just by far to me, that was, that was the most powerful moment. Brian, was it, you know, you get in all the pressure lifted off you, even, you know, you're going in an eight, nine matchup against Vandy. What was that like? You know, was it playing with house money a little bit or did you still feel some pressure? Yeah, I, I don't think we felt any pressure. Uh, the coach's famous saying was like, if you get invited to a dance, you, you want to stick around for a few for a few songs. You don't want to just leave as soon as you get you get invited. So, uh, yeah, we kind of played with, you know, uh, with house money, I guess you could say. Like we we were free. Uh, we were really together and, and just excited for that moment. Um, and that first game, we, we didn't play scared at all of that moment. It, it could have easily, when we run out of the tunnel and you see all this purple, it, it could have easily scared a lot of players, but, um, that group, you know, was just special and, you know, we, we just took advantage of that moment. So I, I want to know what it was like for you. End of the game, you're down, what, you're down one at the line with about 15 seconds left shooting two free throws. So what, right. Was that it? I, was it tied? No, we we were down. We were down one. Down one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You don't even remember. Matt, the guy on Vanderbilt thought they were losing, and yeah. they were actually winning. Right. That's so right. They came up. That's we right. we were we were going to have Brian come down to attack, but they lost track of the score, and he came up and fouled intentionally. Yeah. So Brian went to the line down one. He should know this. Jeez. I mean, the you point think? guard. I couldn't, right? I couldn't point remember guards was... are supposed to know time and score, Jeff. Come on. <laughs> Coach, I've watched a lot of games goal. lately. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So go ahead. You, we were down one, Brian. So you yeah. take it here. I couldn't remember if it was tied or down one, but uh, I, I was just kind of shocked that he fouled at all. Um, you know, it's just not a situation. I knew we were in the bonus. So I, I, was going to attack knowing they probably weren't going to foul. I was going to have to make a shot, but they probably weren't going to foul. So when he did foul, I caught me off guard. I checked the, the, the scoreboard and I'm like, well, thanks. And so I went to the line, um, you know, feeling very confident. It was like a 90% free throw shooter. So I just had to go up and just do what I always do. But, but a 90% free throw shooter. Still in, in that moment, man, like, I don't care what, what the number is with that type of pressure on you. 
Uh, that's that's a different level. Chris, were you, I mean, are you over there doing one of those, like not even able to look a little bit and just praying? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, as a coach, you know, the hardest thing as a coach is you have no control of what's going on on the floor. But I can tell you we had the right guy at the line. So if I would hand choose anybody to go up there, that's who I wanted. And, uh, you know, he's always done that. Like he said, no matter, I mean, he won two state championships in Indiana, which is one of the most talent rich states great players. I mean, the kid, that's, that's what he's always done. I, I felt confident, but yeah, I mean, your stomach's churning. You're, you're like, man, come on, come on, BMAC. Come on. <laughs> we need these two, buddy. We need these two and one stop and let's get the round two. Yeah. I, I was more pissed that I was, I was going to have a chance to have my one shining moment with a game winner and the guy fouled me. They're not going to show free throws on a game <laughs> for a no, game no. winner. Those were not on one shining moment. That's yep. for sure. They didn't make it. They didn't make the cut, but they were still uh, pretty important. What for you, Brian, when you look back on, on that whole run, right? That season, getting to the tournament, selection Sunday, playing against Vandy, winning, scoring 25. Like, what is the one thing that you will never forget about all of it? Um, and the, the celebration in the locker room, like the, the embrace of the team um, and, you know, throwing water on coach and, and letting him have his time too. Cause you know, our ability to go out on and play is awesome, but you know, coach and I obviously had a great relationship. So being able to share that moment in the locker room with everybody as a whole team, as a whole unit um, and feeling that moment was, is something I'll always remember from that game. Chris, as you've said, I mean, you, you've done a lot in your career, whether it's a player, um, you know, as a coach at Duke, whatever. Like, does that rank as high as anything you've ever accomplished and every, anything you've been a part of? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I certainly in my life, like I said, I've been fortunate to be on a, on a train, you know, for a while with Coach K to, to, to help in, in ways, but, you know, obviously to be a part of some great, great moments that were really special. But I always tell guys when, when you build something from ground zero and, you know, then you see it through, you know, there's, there's no more gratifying moment with whatever you're doing, you know, with whatever field you're in. So to see that come to fruition, these were guys that were part of our first recruiting class, you know, when I first got the job and remember sitting in their homes and, and having that vision. I mean, that's, that was the sell, you know, why, why come here? You know, like our facilities weren't great at the time. We had no, you know, winning tradition. It was, the sell was, you know, believe in what we're trying to build, what I'm trying to build and, and be a part of, of things that have never been done. And you'll remember that for life. And, um, you know, to see that all come to fruition with those guys was pretty darn special. Well, listen, I appreciate it. Brian McIntosh, Chris Collins of the 2017 NCAA tournament, uh, Northwestern Wildcats, something that uh, nobody will ever forget, including myself. Hmm.